0: Listen, Sci-Fi fans, this is Nikola Tesla, okay? And I've been forced to do a bumper, and this is what it sounds like. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast, all right? Whatever. You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. And now, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows,
1: here are you Your long This is a captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad
2: feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? Yeah. It's a free show.
3: Jim Arrowwood here, aka Kalis, and I would like to wish Scott and Miles a big congratulations on episode number 150 of the Sci Fi Diner Podcast. Live long and podcast, guys.
2: Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog, and good I'm Miles and we are
4: here tonight. with the big 150.
2: Wow, 150. That's amazing. We put 150 of these yeah. up. Yeah, you know, it, and I, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because we put out 150 of these, but mm-hmm. it's it's way, way more shows. We're up over 200 some. Because, oh, sure. When you because combine. we have like 64 mm-hmm. listener feedback shows. We have. Oh, twenty-three sci-fi classics. We have another twenty rewinds and miscellaneous ones in between. Uh, we're well up over, mm-hmm. maybe closer to three hundred. I don't even know, but.
4: Still, this is no small
2: accomplishment. It, no, no. So it's it's awesome. It's it's awesome to be here, Miles. And you know, who'd have thunk it three years ago that we'd still be podcasting?
4: You know, I mean, the average life of a podcast—you you just never be sure. But uh, we're, we're we're still at it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, I'm not having any plans of dying soon.
4: And um, you know, I like the diner, so I probably could keep coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know, the food, you know, eh, men's men, but you know, right, right, right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it is what it is. But I can't talk sci-fi with the wife as much as I can with you. So,
2: oh, absolutely. And, and ditto that. So. So mm-hmm. uh, this will exist as long as I'm married. So, right. right. <laughs> which, is, which, but my plan is 16 years and counting. I'm planning on being married for a, a long, long time. Likewise. So, <clears throat> although my wife does joke sometimes, I'm married to you. But hmm. yeah, that's okay. Miles, my son was trying to get you to play Pretty Pretty Princess tonight. Yes, uh, I didn't know what to say about that. No, no, you were a bit. I can tell you, you were a bit disturbed by the I, by the whole prospect of it. I just didn't have a clever retort. No, no, you didn't. You were, you were perplexed. My son would be walking around with a little tiara and mm-hmm. uh, and pink earrings and loving his favorite game right now. I don't know why he loves this game. It's a game that was gotten from my daughter, right? But he mm-hmm. loves at five years old, you know, pretty, pretty princess, but... He'll he'll grow out of it. He will. He will. Hopefully. (laughs) He will. We'll have some discussion. Okay. Okay. Good. God God bless him. All right. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for coming here at the diner tonight. We are not here to talk about Pretty Pretty Princess, but to talk about our 150th episode. Tonight, we are giving away tons of prizes, a bunch you wrote in, and we have seven, I believe, eight, maybe eight, eight different prize packs we're going to be giving away Throughout the show, it is comic books, it is books, it is CDs, it is signed autograph photos, and someone tonight will be walking away with a signed Kate Mulgrew photo. That's right. And uh, so we'll be giving all that stuff away. Thank you to all who entered. And uh, we're just celebrating. It's our 150 episode. We want to celebrate with some goodness that we want to share with you guys. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, at last, Miles. We do have just one piece of news before we jump into the menu here tonight, and then uh, work and start start working our way through the prizes. Right, right. Uh, and that is this, Miles. Um, we did not win the Parsecs.
4: That that is true. However, to still be nominated again is still very, um, still very honored to to. That you know, happen. we
2: were still a finalist, and mm-hmm. there's always next year. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit more about this on. On our on our listener feedback show, or you will have heard that by now, where we talk about it a little bit. But for those of you who don't listen to that, you know it's you know well we're kind of sad about it. You know, but you know there, there are a lot of good podcasts out there putting out people putting out good material, and you know.
4: But the fact that we're competing with them, I, won't, I don't want to say compete. I mean that we're you know being judged. down
2: next year, buddy. Going <laughs> down. So uh, tr- tr- let's keep peeps. it positive. I keep my peeps after. Why don't you get your Irish bob after the miles?
4: Right, right, right. right. Like, that, that's not racist, you know. No, no. no.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is not a racist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm <my>. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move into our menu tonight, and I think what we're going to do is just throughout the show randomly. You know, do prizes, right? And so maybe after we do the menu, we'll give away our first prize before we do the trivia. Mm -hmm. And then we'll give them another chance to win. Good. Good? So why don't you run us through the menu? What is going on in the Sci-Fi Diner menu? What are we serving up tonight?
4: Well, this week we are asking the trivia question again about um, how you can win a piece of uh, Kate and, and Ooh, Who doesn't want a piece, her? Absolutely.
2: Family-friendly. <laughs> Family-friendly. Yes,
4: yes, curious. yes. In TV news, um, uh, Continuum is getting renewed for a second season, which we're, we're, we're happy about. But we'd be just be happy to see the first season.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. I'm still waiting. Still right. waiting. I didn't check iTunes recently, recently but... Continuum mm-hmm. With it being renewed, someone's going to pick it up in the U.S. and air it.
4: I, I, I think so. Ah. And we have some... Um- some news uh, from J- Josh Whedon. Um, it looks like he's going to have the opportunity to put a um, a Shield type uh, uh, TV show. So. so we're
2: excited about that. And yeah, this Joss- isn't necessarily new news. It's been out a week, but we haven't talked about it. So we we want to ta- talk about it,
4: right? So. And in movie news, we say goodbye to uh, uh, Michael Clark Duncan and um, uh, and a former Dark
2: Knight goes uh, from hero to villain in the new RoboCop movie. Yeah, my son was sad when you mentioned that. <laughs> he was upset. <laughs> Batman going bad. He couldn't believe it. He was, he was astonished.
4: And uh, audiobook Book News, we're going to talk about this uh, No Small Bills uh, little little project.
2: We got, yeah, it's it. not really a audio Book, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and, of course, I put out a little special edition episode that kind of talked about it. And if you didn't listen to it, go back. It's like two episodes ago, three episodes ago where we talked about No Small Bills. Um, and it's really a book. So it's an audio book, mm-hmm. basically. That. And we can talk about that then.
4: Right. And uh, in, in this week's uh, Star Trek, uh, this week in Star Trek, we have a new kind of wrath teaser and update on uh, the Star Trek uh, War uh, Warth film.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And who are we interviewing tonight? We really should have said this earlier and we didn't. This guy is phenomenal.
4: Oh, uh, the Tesla himself, uh, Jonathan Young. Oh, yeah. We're giving a piece of Tesla away. In, in our prizes. So, yeah, um, prizes. So we'll be looking for that at, you know, coming up. And Sci Fi 5 and 5? Uh, Jim Arrowwood gives us his, his Sci Fi 5 and yeah, 5.
2: So you you heard him congratulate us at the very beginning of our 150th episode. So, Jim, thank you so much for sharing that. But he also is going to hes going to bookend the show. You realize that? He's right. He opened the show and he's going to close the show out. So Sounds good to me. I think he's vying for your spot, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> we could bring him on more often. I wouldn't care. I think his schedule would be a bit hectic. He's a music teacher and they have all sorts of band stuff they're doing right now with football.
4: But we'd get him on again sometime. Absolutely. It was, absolutely. It was, it,
2: it was fun reviewing Total Recall with him. Absolutely. Well, maybe we can do galaxy quest that's possibly uh, that yeah. uh, maybe with him or i was thinking you know larry Nevinchek might be into that you think he would be into doing galaxy Quest?
4: i would love it if larry would review galaxy we quest, got, quest.
2: To, we've got to ask him
4: we got to see if he, he, he could do that for us yeah that would be that, fantastic hey
2: look um maybe while we're talking you can twitter him and see if he'll do it we can find out before the end of the show all right because he's on but all right well let's give away our first prize pack okay why don't you just pick one out and uh, we know which one we're saving for last mm-hmm. so um
4: okay i'm gonna pull this name out it's a it's Elaine lane and we have for you elaine i hope um you are a fan of uh terminator uh, sarah connor chronicles because we have a fantastic picture to give with you autographed by william decker
2: Yep, yep. It's it autographed him, but you could easily I mean it has it has Summer Glow on it. Mm-hmm. It has um I forget her name, I'm drawing the lady in D- Judge Dredd and Game of Thrones. Right. Um, but uh the head of Terminator. Do you not know her name? Come
4: on. Uh, the actress's name is I'm losing geek credit here. You
2: are. You are definitely losing geek credit. I am T B It's my friend.
4: But the three you know, the three main characters from Terminator uh, Sarah okay. Connor Chronicles, uh it's a great picture of the three of them and you could easily get the other two autographs on here, Lane, and it'll, it'll look very good in your autograph collection.
2: Yep, absolutely, and I agree. It's Lena Headley. Lena Headley, of Lena course. Lena Headley. So, so, Lena Headley. Yes, that's who it is. So, yeah, so I looked the, it up in IMDb. So. IMDb is our friend. I am going to give credit where credit's due. Well, Miles, we're... So, you... We just gave away that awesome but We're Mm. going to give people a chance to own a piece of Mulgrew tonight. Right. We're giving away two pieces. This is not – you still have two weeks to answer this question. The 18th is when this trivia is due. Miles, what is the trivia question?
4: Okay. Um, In the context of the last couple episodes of Warehouse 13, what does it have in common with Stargate Universe?
2: Right. And I think I did put on the website – the actual dates those episodes aired, in mm-hmm. case you want to go back and and deal with it. So the episodes originally aired on two thirteen, or excuse me, um, I have two thirteen. It should say eight thirteen and eight mm-hmm. twenty. So in August thirteenth and August twentieth is when these two episodes aired. And they both had start start K- universe alumni in them. Yes, yes. So you have to identify them, and even if you don't want, even if you don't watch Warehouse thirteen. IMDb is your friend here. It is, and I I know you do want to own a piece of uh, Kate McGrew. You do, do. So it's well worth checking out, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell you that we have not had anyone that has tried for this prize yet. I really? think we're waiting to see whether they win tonight. Oh, okay. But after that, you have got to try it and own a piece of her. Right? Yeah, this 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 is a nice
4: picture of her. It's autographed.
2: It'll look good in your collection. Yeah, absolutely. All our pictures we're giving away are autographed. Did I just buzz out here? I thought I heard myself buzz out. I, I still hear you. Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, But that is, and they have until the 18th. And uh, is there a code word?
4: There is a code word. And uh, the code word is Farnsworth.
2: That's right. So make sure you... Give that with us along with the answer, mm-hmm. and you can send it, email it to us at the sci diner podcast at gmail.com. Sounds good. And, uh, and that'll work. Well, Miles, let's go into our first promo tonight. And. Tonight, we want to give uh, props to a podcast that, in a lot of ways, has had a huge influence on Sci Fi Diner. Oh, sure, yeah. Both in suggestions. I mean, the Sci Fi Rewind that we do would not exist without Kevin Batchelder. That is true. And so he just he's fresh back from Dragon Con, uh, which sounded like they had a great time. Mm-hmm. And. We just want to give props to the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast. They're still putting out episodes. Uh, they're a little bit older than us. It's a podcast. They've been around a long time. Well worth listening to if you're looking for genre television shows. Right. So, they so, follow probably a lot more than we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how they watch all that. We, call, mm-hmm. we talked about that before. But mm-hmm. they watch a lot of TV and somehow manage to still have a life. That's an uh, accomplishment. <laughs> it is. It is definitely much more TV than I watch. Mm-hmm. So anyways, this is, a tu- this is a Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast.
4: Ghost infected
1: Frank. He passed it on to the other guys, and I got it from his corpse? Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling?
0: Did I fall asleep?
1: For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person, but... oh man, there's just
3: way is. too much on all these channels.
1: Sleep. But only in-game. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this one In your dreams, Nutloaf! Bite my shiny metal
0: hat. Sometimes I get I get vision. Walter, what are you doing? What you learned,
3: I wish there was some way to find out what's really
0: worth watching. There is. What? Who? What was that? Tuning into Sci Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, tuning into sci-fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brandy each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find tuning into sci-fi tv at tuning into sci-fi tv.com. No, seriously. How did you get into my house? <laughs>
2: All right, we are back. It is our 150th episode that you are listening to and tuning into, and we're about to head off into some TV news. Mm -hmm. Before we do that, why don't we give away another prize pack, Miles?
4: All right, let's uh, see what name we have here.
2: Uh, J.P. Harvey. Yeah, J.P. Harvey. And and, and tell people, what did J.P. win? J.P. I love J.P.
4: Oh, I do too. He he likes to read sci-fi as well as watch it. So, J.P., we got a good prize for you. Um, We have a couple books from uh, T.C. McCarthy,
2: um, first in a series. So we're gonna give you those now. TC McCarthy is. You heard him speak at Surely, right? This was actually this was at Balticon. Balticon. I'm sorry, you heard yes. him speak at Balticon.
4: Yeah, I, there's. He was he was in a panel with a few other people. And is uh, that he, the
2: military sci-fi panel? That
4: might have been that one, yes. Yeah. And th- this book is about the military. Right. And so I think this will be right up your alley. And, oh, uh, and yeah, he, he's ex-military, I believe. Oh, so yeah, JP, I think you'll like these. And uh, also we're going to give you a copy. We interviewed uh, Stephen A. Roman uh, a few months back, um, his uh, Blood Feud uh, series. Yeah, I bet book. it was okay. more like
2: a year back. But okay. it flies. But mm-hmm. uh, Blood Feud, and along with the, the Blood Feud uh, book comes a comic book and some art, digital artwork and music and with that. So it's quite a a good prize pack for someone that loves to read and i know that jp loves to read so i uh, hope you like these jp yeah we had a great chat with him regarding logan's run it was a lot of fun it yep. was yep so well worth it well um let's move into our first piece of tv news and why don't i talk about this one we'll let you talk about whedon okay okay so continuum was renewed now raul uh raul is the one that first point is excuse me now, Radu is the one that first pointed me in this direction, and then I saw Jason post this on Facebook a little bit later on. Uh, but Continuum was renewed for a second season. Now, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Still bitter that we haven't watched it yet, but it is awesome because what I have seen, the trailer I've seen, has been absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I'm, I'm very bitter. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, you Canadian. No, it's great. I'm glad you guys are finally getting something before we do. And and I'm glad that it was renewed. It means that when I do get to watch it, I will two seasons to watch. And that at least good hopefully we get down here sooner. Yep. So anyways, here's the news story. The specialty channel Showcase has announced the sci-fi television show Continuum has been renewed for a second season. The phenomenally successful series, which performed very well over the usually slow summer season, will begin production of the 13-episode season 2 in Vancouver 2013, where all good sci-fi shows happen. I added that in there. Uh, ratings for the show shattered all previous Showcase premiere records and dominated Sunday night 9 to 10 time slot. Continued was a tremendous success for the channel, said Barbara Williams, senior vice president, content, Shaw Media, in a press release. We are proud to greenlight such a prolific ratings hit and original series for a second season and to continue Kira's journey through time for our dedicated viewers. A one-hour police drama centered on Kira Cameron, Rachel Nichols, a cop from the year 2077, who finds herself trapped in the present-day Vancouver, continuum follows Cameron as he searches for a group of convicted criminals from the future, known as Liberate, which, which unexpected assist, with, with unexpected assistance from a team tech, tech genius, Alex Sadler. Eric Knutson Kira concentrates on bringing down terrorists before they can change the course of history forever impersonating locals law enforcement officer to expedite her investigation. She forms an uneasy alliance with her new partner, detective Carlos Fenegra, Victor Webster in the final at the season finale end times Kira raced against the clock, trying to prevent liberate a liberate bombing, which ultimately kills hundreds of innocent people. The shocking twist led to an explosive finale. No pun intended. <laughs> leaving with many unanswered questions. Seems that fans will have to wait too much longer for some well-deserved answers. And that is pretty awesome. So it just makes me want to see it.
4: Right. Every now and then I'll see on Twitter, continue and put something out there, and I'll just say, hey, that's great. We can't see it in the U.S. No, no, we can't. No, you can continue
2: to bring that up. Here, let's watch the trailer. <laughs>
3: So we're to, to ask you to leave. Your law enforcement. cause for special
1: investigation unit. So Keep you in the suspect last night. Male, 30, red jump suit. Did you bring in any other suspect last night? You're saying he's part of a gang? Very dangerous one. You can expect well-coordinated and violent criminal activity. Ruthless disregard for the law and some unorthodox tactics.
0: Sunday at 9, only on Showcase.
2: All right. We need to say stay for the record that that's the premiere from this past year. Mm-hmm. So it's still, it's still applicable to you and me, Miles, I mean, just not for anyone else that's been watching this. Right. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, I, I, halfway through the promo, I was thinking, what makes this really sci-fi show? Mm -hmm. I mean, so the premise is girls from the future fighting crime in the present, Um, but there's nothing really science fictiony about it. There is some elements and and I'm prejudging it having not seen the show, Mm -hmm. but this, I mean, it's like, you know, taking any sort of premise.
4: Yeah, it's, uh, it's all has similarities to Alcatraz. I mean, as far as a little bit, except it's it's sort of in reverse it's you know inmates from the
2: past coming to our present and yeah doing all these crimes and so this is like alcatraz on steroids but it got renewed which alcatraz didn't so just right. to, to <laughs> clarify that mm-hmm. so ah well you know i i, I want to see this no hands down no doubt about I, it
4: i definitely want to check this
2: out yeah. yeah Well, i think it's time for us to give another prize away okay let's give another pull out a prize pack before we go into talking about avengers
4: all right what do we got here we have um, Carl. Carl, we're going to give you let's see, a couple Star Trek Star Trek comic book, The Truth About Tribbles part 1 and 2. Ooh, that's a good comic. So series. this one this one just came out most recently, so uh, I think you'll like it.
2: Yep, absolutely. And our comics are shipped in protectors, right?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm buying those plastic uh, protectors, so they'll be in there. So, I mean, yeah. if you want to collect so you, it or
2: just keep it, it'll stay. Or yeah, actually, protected. read it. You can do that too, right? Yeah, you, you are you are allowed to read. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's talk about Joss and what's going on with his TV endeavor again. Well. We know that we know it's going to be on Fox. We know they're going to cancel it after about eight episodes. Uh, but with that understanding, Miles, go ahead.
4: Okay, well, <laughs> ho- hopefully, it'll be better than that. But um, so, Josh Whedon is coming to TV for a Marvel Shield series. Avengers and Firefly fans rejoice. Joss Whedon is coming back to the small screen, and he's bringing the Marvel Universe with him. ABC and Marvel have confirmed that Whedon is developing a TV series spinoff from the Avengers based around the top-secret Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division, better known as S.H.I.E.L.D., organization that recently brought Earth's mightiest heroes together on the big screen. The series will technically be set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, though Variety reports that storylines will mostly autonomous from the upcoming sequels – the Avengers 2 and Iron Man 3. That means it's unlikely that big screen mainstays like Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, and Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye will be prominently featured on the show. But who is to say they can't pop up from time to time? Wheaton is signed on to co-write the pilot with his brother and frequent collaborator, Jed Wheaton and, and Marissa, uh, and forgive me if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, uh, Tankaron and will we'll stay on, the, on to help develop the broad strokes. Assuming it's picked up, Jed and, and, and Tankaron would join uh, Jeff Loeb and, and Jeffrey uh, Bell as executive producers. In some of the, those names sound familiar. They should, because virtually everyone Whedon is bringing on board has worked with him on the former TV projects uh, Firefly, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Angel. Which are some of his most famous projects. Right. Um, so, all. But we want to just follow up also. Um, There's a a follow-up article I want to just let everybody know. It was recently announced that Joss Whedon is bringing S.H.I.E.L.D. to the small screen. With the exception of the Avengers, the agency has stayed in the background of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now it's coming to the forefront. The day after the news broke, Gene revealed... Well, didn't revealed, the S.H.I.E.L.D. show kind of dropped on my lap, and I love working on in TV. His previous uh, television credits include uh, Buffy, uh, Angel, and Firefly, and the short-lived Dollhouse. S.H.I.E.L.D. is a huge organization with many stories to tell, most of which will steer clear of the Avengers. I get to really build a show with people I really trust and love. What we're b- building is entirely autonomous from the Avengers. It's going to be a show that works for people who haven't seen the
2: Marvel, Marvel movies. It'll please Marvel fans, I think. So, so there's, a, there's two thoughts. First of all, This is a nitpick. They say his previous credits include Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel Firefly, and the short-lived Dollhouse. Mm -hmm. Dollhouse was longer than Firefly. I know. Yeah, so why why call Dollhouse short-lived?
4: Unless, I think Firefly is probably... Re- resonates with people more than uh, I, I think so. I, th-
2: <laughs> I, I think so. Now, and the other thing I, w- I thought is part of what makes the Avengers so phenomenal is the casting of Iron Man and Captain America, the Hulk. What other Avengers are we going to be bringing in here? or What other Shield operatives? I mean, is that uh, isn't isn't Spider Woman a part of Shield? Isn't that also a part of that or is she part of the um, X Men? I'm not exactly sure. Okay, who? I mean, who else brings in? I, I don't know what other Listeners, superiors. I'm going to be honest here. I am not a comic book guru, and we need someone who knows these things to let us know what other characters could they bring in, mm-hmm. could Joss bring in to make this an interesting show.
4: Yeah, maybe like superhero-type characters, I suppose.
2: You need Nick Fury. So does that mean it won't be Samuel Jackson?
4: Well, they did say in the article he's not going to feature prominently, but he
2: might make an appearance here and there. They said pop-up, but come on. These big-named big actors, I mean, how, are they going to get him to sign on? Not, not, unless I owe, not, not, not unless they owe Joss', Joss favorite
4: Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I mean, not, not Samuel L. Jackson needed any help with his movie career, but I'm sure it you – know, it, it didn't hurt. Um, it, <laughs> yes, it, it didn't hurt at all. Um, yeah. um, so the, kind of the money that uh, those movies
2: have made. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to our next story, and then we'll get our next prize back after this. Okay. All right. So next story up, and this is movie news. We have lost an actor that is probably when he when he stepped onto the screen, he commanded the screen. In my oh, opinion, oh, most definitely, well, Michael Clark Duncan, dead at fifty-four, just died a few days ago. As is, as of this recording, mm-hmm. he was basically here's part of the article: the Oscar-nominated actor, known for his massive frame six six four um, and roles in Green Mile, Daredevil, and many other films. I remember him from Armageddon. That's that, what I remember. That's most my from. first. Yeah. Uh, him and his boxers, doing a little bit of there in that one scene, yeah. And him crying,
4: at, at, you know, in front of the psychologist.
2: Oh yeah, when they're doing the therapy session. Yeah. So uh, he died this week at 54. So a young man, in some ways, as he get older, he feels younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncan passed away on Monday, September 3rd, two months after first being hospitalized for a heart attack in July. Known for his gentle, and good nature, down to earth demeanor, and six foot. Five, as this article says at as much as 315 pounds commanding on screen's presence Duncan was born in Chicago and worked there for gas company as a security guard in clubs before heading to Hollywood Uh, there he pursued his acting career while continuing to work security for celebrities such as Will Smith Jamie Foxx and the late notorious B.I.G. it was the latter shooting death in in 97 that led Duncan to quit that line of work for good after landing several bit parts in films, usually a security guard or a bouncer, Duncan got cast as Bear in Michael Bay's 1998 meteor disaster movie, Armageddon. So there's a reason I remember him first, because that's his big role. He, stuck up, he struck up a friendship with uh, star Bruce Willis, who in turn recommended Duncan for the part that would be his breakthrough, John Coffrey and Frank Darabont's adaptation of Stephen King's Green Mile the following year. Duncan was nominated for an Oscar in a Golden Globe as Coffee, Coffee. That coffee is. I don't know. I don't know. Sully Green. I'm ashamed to admit that. Yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) The simple-minded giant with a supernatural gift for healing, who was falsely sentenced to death for raping and murdering two little girls. Coffee brought deep emotion and epithet of the role earning him a wide acclaim and putting him on the career track that kept him working steadily in movies animation and TV until his death Duncan's other genre related outings included roles in the director Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes remake in 2001 Sin City 2005 Michael Bay's The Island 2005 uh, The Last Mismi, M- Mimsy The Last Mimsy in 2007 and the voice of Kilowog in last year's Green Lantern in 2002 he played Wilson Fisk's a.k.a. Kingpin, in the Marvel Comics-based film Daredevil, uh, 2003, a character that had been portrayed as white in the comics and anticipated Marvel's similar color blindness when casting Idris Elba as Hemdall in 2010 Thor. The actor played many other roles in movies and TV shows while also lending his voice to a number of animated features and programs, also acted as a spokesman for PETA. So he's done a crap load of stuff.
4: Yeah, he had, he has had a very, you know... Uh, very good career as far as uh, kind of, kind of projects he's done.
2: He's he's another man who would not want to meet in a dark alley,
4: not unless uh, we were hanging out together and um you know he he was in front of me you know right right
2: right you know so so otherwise do it going back to his original role of security and bouncer right 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 yeah, but you know he they they talk about his gentle spirit and let me tell you anytime you saw him on screen there wasn't something. Really, when I think of him, I don't think of something that was harsh or like when I think of Bruce Willis, I'm thinking of man, you don't want to mess with him. Or Schwarzenegger, you don't want to mess with this guy. Mm -hmm. He he didn't come off that way.
4: No, you know, he, he was definitely nothing malevolent about him. I mean.
2: They end the article real well by saying, you know, rest in peace, gentle giant, because he was a giant, but according to people that knew him, he was he was very gentle. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be missed in the acting world.
4: Yeah, it, it's a huge loss. Um, you know, those of us who enjoyed his work and uh, everything. And fifty four is, is way young to be. Uh, it's too young. Uh, you too know. young. So, but uh, our thoughts and prayers
2: uh, with uh, his, him and his loved ones. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's time for another giveaway. Let's give away another prize yet on the 150th anniversary of the Sci-Fi Diner. All right. Well, why don't we see... Not really anniversary, I guess. Birthday. We have... Are you keeping track of which ones we gave away? Yes. Okay, just, just checking. We'll start giving away prizes again to the same people. So.
4: No, no, no. We won't do, we won't do that. Um, uh, so, Matt Anderson, we have your name, and we're going
2: Mr. to... Mr. Anderson. Yes. It seems like you're living two lives. <laughs>
4: We have for you uh, the Star Trek comic book uh, Return of Archons Part One and Two.
2: Ooh! So uh,
4: I, I I did enjoy reading those. I think you know if you like Star Trek, which I, I think you do,
2: Matt, um, you'll you'll enjoy reading that too. Yeah, I don't know which one was it that wasn't into Star Trek when we argued with them. That was,
4: was uh ben, that was his co-host Ben DeBono. Yeah, 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 Ben
2: mm-hmm. Ben DeBono, mm-hmm. right. Right, but but Matt, Matt, Matt was a little bit more favorable, you know. I, th- I think Matt really was on our side. He just didn't want to say that well, during he... the Sci-Fi Diner, to the Sci-Fi. If you if you haven't heard of this, there's this podcast that Matt is a part of called the Sci-Fi Christian Podcast. Sci-Fi Christian, right? Yes. And and we had this feud with them about Star Trek and Fringe, Fringe finale, season mm-hmm. three finale, I think it was, yeah. and uh, we won that fair and square. Absolutely. Um, and Matt really sided with us, but really couldn't say anything because his co-host. You know Ben DeMoto. I, is I really. can respect that, and, and we, we we understand, Matt, that you have to stand up with the people that you want to, mm-hmm. um, you know, that you have to see every every week when you record a podcast. Um, I mean, I would do the same thing with Miles if I didn't agree with him. Uh, so, totally understand that. But uh, you know, it, it's been so long. You can ne- you can now admit it, and we, we we'd be okay with that. But we are going to we still love you, and we're going to give you this nice little prize pack of Star Trek to kind mm-hmm. of honor that. And if you want to share this with Ben, he might even appreciate that.
4: You know, I think Ben likes comic books, so, so maybe sure.
2: maybe maybe you know something they can they can review,
4: right? And it's a, it's a new Star Trek series, so I think I think Ben did actually like the new Star Trek movie. So that's what he's
2: oh very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no triples in that though. Uh, not not that comic book, no. no. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's move into our next story. Why don't you go ahead and talk about this? All right. So we have
4: uh, some um, RoboCop news. Uh, so former Dark Knight goes from hero to villain for RoboCop. Uh, Hugh Laurie, you have uh, been replaced. Uh, Jose Patilla's uh, RoboCop remake has finally nailed down a villain. But after Dr. House backed out, they went next best thing, Batman. Michael Keaton has snagged the role of uh, Raymond Sellers in Robocop. His casting comes just in time because the film begins production next month. According to Padilla, Keaton was the missing link in the sci-fi puzzle. Michael is the final addition to the amazing cast we have assembled for this film, and it is so great to have the last puzzle piece in place, said Padilla, It is thrilling that every, everything has come together to bring this innovative new vision of RoboCop to life. We've got a great script, a great cast, some killer ED-209s, and I can't wait to get Alex Murphy back on the streets. Keaton joins uh, Joel Kinnaman, uh, Gary Olden, uh Samuel Jackson, uh, Abby Cornish, uh, Michael Kenneth Williams, uh, Jennifer... Uh, Ale, uh, Jay Burkel, and uh, Marianne uh, uh, Jean Baptiste. Um, so, RoboCop is scheduled to hit the theaters August ninth, uh, twenty
2: thirteen. Yeah, so um, uh, so a year away from now, a little over, a little less than a year. Mm-hmm. And you know, it struck me as you're reading that they have a pretty solid cast here. Oh my, yes. I mean. Uh, Joe Kinnaman, Gary Oldman, right? Batman fame, right? um, Uh, Much more, of course. And Samuel Jackson, uh, we were just talking about him a little bit ago. Who's done everything, right? Right. So I I forget. Was Keaton the Batman that they kind of liked? He was in the first two Batman movies, and he was kind of like everyone. Kind of said, "Oh, he's okay." Mm -hmm. Or was he he a bit campy for people? I mean, where was where did he fall?
4: I think no, he wasn't the campy. The one that was campy was the the ones with Val Kilmer. Oh. um, George Clooney, I love Val Kilmer. So, but uh, unfortunately,
2: uh, my favorite movie Him and The Saint, absolutely yeah. daff. Go ahead.
4: The, the Kilmer one was less campy, but the the, the one with, with with Clooney was extremely campy.
2: Yeah, well, that was one with Robin, right? It, it, they, they were both with Robin. Yeah, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, did was Keaton?
4: Did Keaton's have Robin in? It? No, okay. no. His, his was more on the darker side. It was still kind of cartoonish, but uh, the, I really liked the first one with the Joker. I mean, Jack Nicholson was fantastic. Oh, absolutely. But then the second one, they had the Penguin and Catwoman, and um,
2: I didn't care for that so much. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing the first one at the uh, the Dutch Wonderland movie theater, whatever that was. Oh, yeah. Called. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was where I saw the first one. Mm-hmm. Local movie theater that you guys listening will have no clue. Maybe some of you will, but uh, in Lancaster County, here, so theater no longer exists, but that's where I saw it when I was. Uh, a wee little lad growing up and driving around in a uh, Batmobile. I remember the old Wonderland Theater. Yeah, yeah. So is that what is called the Wonderland Theater. It's yeah. Probably, okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, now it's but, a miniature golf course. But it, it's great here. And you know, Hugh Laurie would have done great in this role. But you know, I haven't seen Keaton in a while. I'm kind of looking forward to this. Uh, yeah.
4: I would, Hopefully, this is a. I mean, Keaton probably doing more independent stuff. But uh, but it'll be good to see him something you know a l- little larger. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think he'll you know, he's a, he's a great actor. He'll he'll I'm sure he'll rock in this. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, I want to talk a little bit about an audiobook that came out and uh, we're talking about it. it could be up front. We're talking about it because I narrated the book, okay? That's one of the reasons. We're also talking about it because its sequel came out this week, available on the Nook and soon to be available on Amazon. It is the book too small for tall too tall for small to uh, I forget mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Rosenberg. I'm sorry. I messed up the title of the book, but the sequel is out and you can go on Amazon or I guess, I guess the Barnes and Noble site and find it is available and probably available in many other places uh, as well. But I narrated the first book mm-hmm. and, and that just came out a few weeks ago and it is, it's not that expensive. You can pick it up for about five or six bucks. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, it is it is no small bills, and it's a story of Duck Bob Spinowitz this guy running around with the head of a duck, who is he has the head of a duck because he was abducted by aliens, and now these same aliens are coming back and they need him, this office worker, cubicle guy, pencil pusher type thing, to save the universe, mm-hmm. and he does it with a plumber, a beautiful blonde, and an FBI agent.
1: Hmm.
2: It's, it's like it's like the start of a good bad joke, you know, that you have that. <laughs> yeah. And if you, uh, I, I remember. What, um that styles almost... The the, the author of
4: um, the... Hitchhikers. uh, Hitchhikers, yeah. Yeah,
2: so it's very Douglas Adams. In my opinion, it's very Douglas Adams. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the ways that I had read the book prior to even landing the gig to actually read for it. um, And when I was reading for it, I had to stop and re-record so many times because I would just laugh. (laughs) Because there was stuff that was just absolutely funny. Oh, it's very clever, yeah. So it's some clever wit, some... uh, uh, The... There's stuff that's so human. There's I, I saw myself so much like Duck Bob in some of those situations without the head of a duck. Uh, uh, Miles going to test that I do not have the head of a duck.
4: He does, really, folks. <laughs> oh,
2: Thanks. <laughs> uh, but the it is it is well worth spending you know six bucks. Not only that, but it supports Aaron, ports. You know, the, my, you know me doing the recording. But it's a good story. With a very lovable, likable character, and what makes the story so good is some stories build up to this great climactic point, and the story has that, but the journey is just as hilarious as the ending. Mm -hmm. And I'm just excited we got a sequel. I can't wait till it comes out. Yeah, it's fantastic that there's a sequel. So I'm definitely, I'm going to get my hands on it. Mm -hmm. So it's coming out too small for tall. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sticking with that title. You know what <laughs> works. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna totally make up a new title for your book, Aaron. So it, this is like um uh, too small for tall, and if it's not the right one, too tall for small. Um, either one, go out and find it. Look at yeah. look one of those titles. It's there. <laughs> so um, so well before we head to this we can Star Trek. Let's give away another prize. We have another prize pack we need to give away. Sure. And let's see.
4: We have here we have uh, Max, and we're going to give you, Max, on Blu-ray,
2: the um, Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. So all three Lord of the Ring movies mm-hmm. uh, on Blu-ray, the way they were released in the theater. Right. And, uh, and so we just hope Max has a Blu-ray player. If not, <laughs> this is a good time to get one. <laughs> yeah. Or if not, these would make great things to re-gift. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. To uh I don't know, maybe uh Matt or Ben since you're kinda of working with Sci Christian.
4: <laughs> so You watch you can watch watch on their uh Blu ray player.
2: Yeah, but you can go over and like, Hey Matt, you know, since I'm uh you know, working for you, you have a Blu ray player, I'm just gonna bum on your couch and watch these movies, hope you don't mind. Yeah. I think <laughs> it would be great. So uh, what do we have to give away? Two more things or three more things? We
4: have two more things to give away, and um, do we want to do that
2: now. Or? No, no, we'll do that later. We'll do it. Okay. We'll do the one after uh, this week in Star Trek, and then mm-hmm. we'll do the final one after the interview. Okay, that sounds great, right? Sounds good. All right. So uh, this week in Star Trek, Miles, bring it on. All right.
4: So this week is Star Trek. Uh, we've talked. A li- we we've we've had Larry on tell us about this before, and uh, we've been kind of like giving you some of the progress. So th- there is a. A surprise premiere of the new teaser for the Con of Wrath at Comic-Con um, that, that happened on July 14th that showed a few more of the early faces who have talked to us uh, ...for about the ultimate fantasy gone wrong in 82. Only fans in that room have seen it so far, not even Vegas. Until today, when we posted a version of that teaser at the Con of Wrath website, you will know a lot of those faces, too. Uh, our documentary on the infamous Houston Glorious Failure Trek event and the human spirit is still collecting faces and moments. I have just found a couple more survivors at Vegas. Our live uh, meet-up fundraiser at conventions have raised cash, spread the word, and most of them have a, a lot of fun all year. Year long, as we had more fan donors to screen credits and gift lists. We still have a lot of funding and producing to go through. In the new mini-teaser, watch for a few words from the uh, first the original Houston crew to see daylight in an uncredited appearance. You'll see a, a mark Dowman up in the arena catwalk, graphic artist for the event, and a stage and pyro assistant for the show. He's just burning up to tell one of those best weekend stories. Note, this preliminary piece was put together for a big room convention and does not feature final graphics, rendering the looks and, and course the music score. Director of Photography Neil uh, Halford whipped it up in July and ended it for the showing. So, just for for the fun, and a little taste of what's to come.
2: All right. Well, I have the trailer here. Should I play it? Let's hear it. Let's hear it.
0: And I, I we, we cruised through Houston, and I saw all of these billboards. I mean, these
1: giant billboards of the Star Trek convention, and I thought, oh, my goodness. Well, this is such a, an extraordinary promotion, you know, it's going to be wonderful, it's going to be the best
3: ever. Laser light show, the whole cast. It was supposed to be like a like lifetime,
1: ultimate fantasy opportunity. And they were like, you got to see this. It's like a,
0: a flaming comet and things. A big deal. Three, count them, three shows, buy your ticket to one of them.
1: Everybody comes in and they flock in and dribbles, laughing in
0: droves. And 200 people maybe... 200 people a 16,000 (laughs) seat. Where it really did not turn out, you know, uh, whether it dramatically didn't turn out the way it was supposed to, and it really looked like the backlash was going to land on the celebrities.
2: DeForest Kelly,
1: his face ashen white, bones. Bones is coming up to me and saying, You've got to
0: save us. Ultimate Fantasy 1982 will go down in history as probably the most infamous, the most infamous con convention debacle in Trek fandom history, in media history. So much so that who who can blame them? It was instantly dubbed the Con of Wreck.
2: Anyway, so that's a trailer for the Connor Rath. Some some really notables there: Harb Bennett, and, right? Uh, Walter Walter Keenan, yeah, in, in there talking about it. And um, so uh, you can go to Larry Nemec's web, website. It's LarryNemec com backslash Connor If you want to see this trailer, if you want to help out with this project, um, I can't wait till it comes out. Oh, I can't wait to see this also. So. Uh, yeah. Oh, what, else, what
4: what what other news do we have in this week in Star Trek? So, Michael Dorn spills the latest on his uh, Warp Centric spin-off. Uh, earlier this year, we heard that uh, Star Trek Next Generation star and everyone's favorite Klingon, Michael Dorn, was pitching a new Trek flick centered on his character, Worf. We've already seen how fans have responded to the idea, but what about Hollywood? Though he's also busy with other things, most notable, a romantic comedy he's finding through, he's funding through Kickstarter, Dorn's Worf idea has been making the rounds among people who might want to help make it happen. And it turns out it's, it, there's quite a lot of interest. Once I started thinking about it, it became obvious to me that I wanted to at least put it out there, which I have. And the response has been pretty amazing. We've been contacted by different individuals, and I can't say who and all about the wanting to come on the board and be a part of this. Also, there is all the, the political stuff going on with the new movies with J.J. J. Abrams and Paramount and all that stuff, which I have no clue about and what it all entails. And But that's where it, where it is right now. According to Dorn, the film it will be a darker tale take on on Trek, and feature a post next generation wharf captain a federation ship out there in the front lines basically chasing terrorists it's too early for even Dorn to really know if if the idea will happen or, or become reality but how confident is he Interesting enough, it has gotten traction, and I'm very surprised. I was on a m- movie not too long ago when one of the producers was basically lobbying to be a part of it. He was like, Michael, I'd love to write it if you haven't. So at this point, my agents and my manager are looking at all the avenues, trying to figure out which is the best one. My agent and manager have been in the business for a while, so they're very savvy about where to start and how to get it going. Like I said in this business, you never know, and I've been through pitching things, and I never want to do that again. It's pretty brutal, but definitely, I think once again, if Paramount CBS. Everybody thinks this is a viable thing; they'll jump on it. In the meantime, Dorn will no doubt keep lobbying for the flick. But what about the other opportunities to put on, the clown on makeup, it one more time? One asked if he'd even appear in a dream sequence or something similar to the Big Bang Theory, where co- co-stars Will Wheaton, Lavar Burton, and Brent Spiner have already had cameos. Dorn wasn't very intrigued. Wharf might get his own movie, but sitcom life isn't for him. That's a long shot, I think. Not so much about the process, but you're pushing the envelope by putting the Worf makeup on and going on another show, another genre. You're asking for trouble. Even in a dream sequence, it's one of those things where if you did that, I think you'd be driving the stake into his heart at that point. Not into his heart, but into his character's heart. So what do you think? What's the chances we'll see Worf again?
2: So what do you, what do you think? Well, i it
4: sounds like his his, pro, his project for Captain Worf movie, um, it, it sounds like it, it's, it's... I'm being cautiously optimistic. I, I think there's good chance of it. I think pe- people want Star Trek. I mean, people want to see Star Trek from you know the prime universe, and I think this is a good way to do it. I, I, I think this Worf movie would probably not be seen on the big screen. It would probably be like a straight-to-DVD, Blu-ray sort of thing, which is fine. I mean... You would buy it. Uh, I'd buy it. I'd rent yeah. it. Whatever. I mean, um, I think, I, I think, it, I think people are hungry for Star Trek to come back on a small screen, or because just waiting every three or four years for a new movie is just too long. Yeah, it's a load of crap, right? Yes. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, we do have one other piece of news I threw in here, and this is—I'm uh, uh, not going to play it—but Barella presents a new the new. The new Star Trek, and it's an animated thing. Um, I'll put the YouTube link in so you can check it out. It'll be on our it'll be on our page. Okay. Well, let's give away our second to last prize tonight. I believe that is correct. Our second to last, right? Mm-hmm. You, did you give away this one yet? Um, no, we did not. Okay, so we have three to give away. Let's give away this one now. We'll give two away at the end.
4: Okay. Well. Um We have uh, for our friend uh, Jim Arrowood, who uh, opened the show for us. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Jim, I hope you like uh, Star Trek comic books because we got you – we have you a hundred-page spectacular, and we're going to also give you uh, Vulcan's Vengeance Part
2: One and Two. Yeah, so excellent comic books—one with the new series and the one to- come in the old series, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah, original series, mm-hmm. I should say—the old series. It was a Greek he now. But all right, well, thank you, Miles, for sharing with us. Uh, you know, this week in Star Trek, my pleasure. And um, and also, uh, Jim, uh, thank you for everything you contributed to the show. And this is a little token of our appreciation tonight. Right. For thank you for sending in your name. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it goes into your man cave.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> um, and we do have one other promo tonight before we move into our interview. In fact, I think we're just going to move into our interview. Or do we need to introduce? We should introduce John Young. We'll do that then. Right. All right. But here's a, a promo that we're going to play tonight. is from our good good friends at Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan. Mm-hmm. Fringe is going to be here before you know it. Right. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. And in anticip- anticipation, you should go back and listen to some old episodes with Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan. Come close. I've got a quick question for you. Have you ever felt like you're out on the edge? Let's maybe call it The
0: Fringe. I happen to know someone who's fluent in Coke. Well, I might be that guy. I'm Wayne Henderson.
4: And I'm Dan, Metal Dan on Twitter.
2: And together, we are the Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan podcast, devoted to the TV show Fringe. Check out Fringe Casting at mediavoiceovers.com slash fringe Also in iTunes, the Zoom Marketplace, etc. Then call us with your fringe thoughts and theories on our listener line at area code 206-984-1446.
1: Thank you for your attention and have a nice day.
2: Back with our interview tonight with mm-hmm. Jonathan Young. Now, this is a guy that until this series kind of appeared out of nowhere. I had not. He he did other stuff, right. But mostly stage work. And here he is stepping on stage, mm-hmm. at, stepping on TV mm-hmm. in the role of, of of Nikola Tesla. Yep, in the show Sanctuary. So. uh Wow, he was a uh, he was fun
4: to talk to. One of the nicest guys you will ever meet. Right, very very humble. I mean, unlike the character he plays on a sh- on, yeah. the, on, on Sanctuary. Yeah, but uh, no, he, I don't. I'd be curious if he had been other conventions before. I think this may be one of his... The-
2: I think you may have mentioned that in okay. the interview. We'll find out. I've been right. to the interview in since your leave. That shortly is kind of a blur after a while, and mm-hmm. uh, this was recorded at shortly at thirty four, and. and he just gave us a real down-to-earth interview, gave us a great bumper that you heard at the beginning of the show. And if you've never watched Sanctuary, even though it has not been renewed for fifth season, it's not that old. It holds up well. Oh yeah. You get to see some good Star Stargate alumni in this. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal show. And one of the things that makes it so phenomenal is this little riot of an actor, Jonathan Young. The DVDs are available on Netflix,
4: at least um, the – the the first three seasons are. I'm not sure if, if season, I'm sure four. season four has to be out soon, but it will be soon. So yeah, I would definitely check this series out. It, it was a phenomenal TV series. Yeah, absolutely. We're very sad. It's not coming back. Yep.
2: So, uh, so here, here you go. Enjoy our interview with John Young.
0: place to eat. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes. Sci-fi. Yeah. There <laughs> are you go. But our drinks are quiet.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, uh, well, we, yeah, we had a chat with uh, Christopher Hyerolf a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. So. He's a cool guy. Yeah. 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 He comes from royalty. Oh. oh he does.
2: Yes. Yeah. We, we chat with him, what, an hour almost? Yeah. He just, <laughs> we aren't going to hold you an hour. No. We're no, going no. to have in 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Where, uh, uh, at the end of the day, so we have time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a brief introduction,
4: and we'll just, we're we're in. roll. role we'll roll. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we, we're huge fans of the show Sanctuary, and we're very sad to hear that it wouldn't be renewed for a fifth season. However, we got four great seasons of really good storytelling, especially when our guest who we are going to be talking to was going to be in that show. The shows were always a little more interesting, but uh, whenever Nicholas Tesla made an appearance, um, and it was also going to be better. Ladies and gentlemen, we're shortly 34 and we're hanging out with the man who brought Nikola Tesla to life, Mr. Jonathan Young. Mr. Young, welcome and thank you for taking time to talk to us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. No problem. Nice to be here. Um, we want to talk about Sanctuary and your future projects, but after watching your, you in the role of Tesla, I knew you had to be a stage actor. You watch actors on TV or movies, and you can usually tell that they have a theater background.
0: Please tell us how, a little how you got into acting in theater. Um, it was because of my dad, actually. Mm-hmm. He d- he does to this day amateur theater, mm-hmm. and he brought my my sister and I and my brother when we were kids to rehearsals. Mm-hmm. So I remember, like from the time of grade one or two, I was already oh, wow. like coming back to school and thought I was pretty cool because I knew who Nathan Detroit was from Guys and Dolls mm-hmm. and knew some of the songs and stuff like that. So right from the beginning, and my sister turned out to be an actor as well. Nice. Yeah. Did she did she mostly stage? Yeah. Does some radio as well, and, and a little bit of television, but mostly stage. She works in Toronto, and at the Shaw Festival, which is close to the border. <laughs> yeah, Niagara Lake. Right, right. Did, did you do musicals also? I don't really know. I don't have a musical background or... Um, you know, I've, I've sang in shows, but I've never done a proper musical. You were in the musical sanctuary episode. I know. <laughs> I wasn't. I thought if, if anyone, they should have got the theater guy to, I know, to do the on. musical. Actually, that kind freaked out oh, my daughter. Really? It did. It did. It's <laughs> it so it like, like, like she leaps from the edge of the castle and you like uh. Yeah. And it's just kind of so strange. Right? <laughs> like, in, I, I imagine people watching that show in like 20 years. <laughs> you know, from now, I'm just kind of wondering, wow, what, what were they on? And <laughs> they wrote that. Yeah. So how did you get the role of Nikola Tesla? Uh, well, I auditioned, mm-hmm. but I think that it had something to do with Christopher Heyerdahl. He and I, I both went to the, the same theater school together, and we you know, kind of knew each other from the same crowd in Vancouver, and I know he had seen uh, the show which I co-created called Brilliant, which is a stage play which is about the life of Nikola Tesla Mm -hmm. and then we sent out a touring production of that show and we auditioned Chris for the part of Tesla that was actually kind of how we got to know each other so I'm pretty sure when he found out that they were writing Tesla into the series he said I know someone who who plays Tesla (laughs) and he told me about it too and I thought he was talking about another stage play and I thought no... I think i've done that but the cool thing was is that tesla on sanctuary is completely different from you know like from the guy that i played on stage and when i first started out we i remember me and damien and martin talking about how much of what i know is the real tesla should be brought in and it gradually just became its own thing it doesn't it doesn't even feel to me like it's the same character really. Well, I Guess when he gets to live another 50 or more years, yeah. you know, the man has the opportunity to change and yeah, take the, took on a life of its own.
4: Yeah. Right. I've heard from one of those other Sanctuary cast members on a commentary, and he said that was some disgust, that Amanda doesn't suck at Amanda Tapping, doesn't suck at anything. Is that true?
0: <laughs> it sure seems like that. I mean, everyone sucks at something, right? But she keeps it real well. You know, like, well yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know she's a she's a Wonder Woman. Yeah, it yeah. seems like wherever she touches, uh, you know, and, and just how much energy and and I and I always say too that it's you know the star sets the tone right on a set, right? Yeah. And when and uh, it definitely was one of the most fun, calm, relaxed, mm-hmm. uh, positive sets I've ever worked on. It's because of the center of it. Amanda sets this sort of precedent, and this is how we're gonna behave, right? We're gonna have fun, work hard. Mm-hmm. Your character essentially you had to be fundamentally. It was
2: developed in such a way that you first introduce him as kind of interesting, not right? just. Yeah. But then there's redemption. He's mm-hmm. not. He's not. And I think what makes
0: characters interesting has to be interesting for you. Is that not just evil? Yeah. He. I was surprised at how. And at first, sight when he started to become more and more kind, of part of the team. I had problems with how. How do I maintain? like this real badass thing but also kind of their chum right like what, 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 what's going on but I think that you know obviously it is because of the bond between him and Magnus and the right. past right right but that's that always gets in the way of his um his nefarious yeah. ego <laughs> right. plans right he just can't help it that you know, in a bottle, right? I mean, yeah exactly but I know it, there's not. it's really fun to play um bad guys mm-hmm. And the great thing was that the writers managed to um, ride that line of, of Tesla still being the evil guy that was introduced as, you know, ready to kill Magnus, and, and, and but push him closer to the sort of inner sanctum of the sanctuary, and still maintain his, um, his uh, evil ways, right? Yeah. That's That's his lessons, right?
4: yeah. I always thought as a viewer, even though when he was helping the team... There was always he had
0: some kind of other yeah and i had to keep thinking that too like okay what tesla's all friendly now but i had to keep thinking on the back of my mind i'm already two steps ahead and, and wondering how i can spin this to my own advantage right i mean I, I think people who are that brilliant and you know obviously tesla has social skill problems right and part of it is his intelligence is, gets in the way of, his, of things like empathy mm-hmm. You know, and, and what friendships are, are built on. Because I think ideas come first, right? Yeah. Now, the historic Tesla was a
4: genius and inventor and innovator. The Tesla we saw on Sanctuary yielded the power of snarkiness
0: and sarcasm like no other. Did Tesla invent those two? <laughs> That's right, but he never patented them. Just like all his other great inventions. Uh, and he can't make any money off them. Everyone's using snarkiness now. And Tesla doesn't even see a penny. He doesn't get credit for it no. <laughs> until now. <Yeah. laughs> Finally, the truth is out. You and I talked yesterday, and to sort of set a favor listeners, do you drink wine as well? And do I you like know a favorite wine? I was thinking that last night after you after you mentioned that. Um, I like a nice Malbec. To so listeners, a nice if you want to bribe them, <laughs> you'd send it. <laughs> That's right. I'm certainly not a connoisseur like Tesla is. I've never. I've never really delved into the, uh, like, heavy research. And if you put, like, you know, a Merlot, a Malbec, and a Pinot Noir in front of me, and a Zinfandel, I probably couldn't tell you which was which. (laughs) I can recognize a Shiraz. I could do that. Right, right.
1: right.
4: Now, I all write Sanctuary should have been renewed. At least from what I've read, the investors were nervous about backing for the season. What would you have liked to have seen where the the Tesla character go?
0: Um... I think it would have been kind of cool if, uh, you know how John Druitt would really go off the rails and kind of back to, you know, Jack the Ripper style. I think it kind of would have been kind of cool to see Tesla do that too, you know, kind of loop back to where he started, where he, where, you know, the vampire side of him was taking over the, the human side and uh, bring bring back some of that darkness from where he began. I think that would have been interesting, right? Now, I mean, especially because Magnus was always trusting him and bringing him closer even though, you know, the other members of the team were never really trusting Tesla. So it would have been kind of interesting to have that um, that trust tested to its limits.
2: At least it kind of resolved itself. He did have a resolution, which was something
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool that that they managed to get a spectacular ending and the possibility of a new beginning, right. all in one yeah. episode, yeah. or one two-part episode. <laughs> Something like that.
4: Well, what other future projects do you have on?
0: Um On the horizon now, I'm, I've got three shows that I'm doing, live shows, live theater. I spend the majority of my career, I've, been, I've done stage. Um, I'm doing a play called Tear the Curtain, which I co-wrote and star in. That's happening in Toronto in October, and that's a film-theatre hybrid. It's a really innovative show. Half of it's on screen and half of it's stage, and it just keeps seamlessly going back and forth. And another show in Toronto later in the year, and I'm playing Hamlet in Vancouver awesome. next summer. Awesome. Yeah. Wait, where's your theater located uh, it's not a theatre. Uh, it's a company. Oh. We, yeah, like, we don't have a stage. Okay. We have a production centre in Vancouver. We're based in Vancouver, but we often tour throughout Canada. So we perform in Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary. Our listeners want to find out more about you know, your company? Where? Yeah, electriccompanytheater.com. That's our website. And there's always information there about what we're up to. And How about you as an actor? I don't have a website. Uh, what? No. I know. This is it, man. <laughs> this is it. For right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They have to hunt me down. Like yeah. Yeah. No. Do you Twitter or Facebook right there? No, not on Facebook. That's awesome. No tweeting. I, think, I, think I just good. got my first cell phone. Not last fall, but the one before. Mm-hmm. So I, I just started texting two years ago. Wow.
2: Now, any interest at
0: all in Television. oh yeah i i i uh, i've done this past year a couple different gigs on different shows in uh, toronto and okay. for sure i'm always auditioning right. yeah so if anyone's well, really is sweet a great part place to find a lot of sci-fi yeah i don't know why but a lot of sci-fi shot in vancouver yeah. much less in toronto Very good. well thank you so much yeah, for, uh, for chatting with us
2: Back and before before we go into our sci-fi five and five, mm-hmm. we're going to give away our second to last gift prize for 150 episode episode. I can't speak episode <laughs> the episode yeah, episode that we have, and that prize we just got done interviewing uh, Mr. Nikola Tesla himself mm-hmm. and. The prize we're giving is going to be a signed print of Nikola Tesla, right?
4: Exactly. It's a signed
2: print of Nikola Tesla, Jonathan uh,
4: Young, and, he, and he's he's pictured with the lovely um, Amanda Tapping. Ah, uh, Amanda Tapping. So if if uh, the, the winner of this get you know if you're at a sci-fi convention and, and Miss Tapping is a guest, uh, this would be get her an autograph. This will look fantastic Absolutely. in your autograph. Well, questions. who is the winner of this? Our winner is Mister Lee Kemp. Lee Kemp. So congratulations. Golf yes. Clap, golf clap here. So we'll get that out to you as soon as we. Can.
2: Absolutely. Well, let's move into our sci-fi five and five. And th- tonight, we said it's bookended by Mr. Kalis. Jim Arrowood sent in audio for his top five movies. I believe he thinks that we should rewind. I think, that is, I think that's what this one is. So we're going to go ahead and play it, and um, and then we'll talk on the flip side.
3: As a sixth grader, I had made up my mind that I wanted to be a doctor, but not just any doctor. I wanted to be a doctor like McCoy of the original series Star Trek. My dream of being a doctor came to an abrupt end when I learned in high school that majoring in the sciences would involve a lot of math. Even though my dream of becoming a doctor had ended, my admiration for Dr. McCoy never has, and lives on to this day. I am therefore offering my Sci-Fi 5 and 5, focusing on five of my favorite quotes from Dr. Leonard McCoy of the Starship Enterprise. This first quote is from the third season episode, The Savage Curtain. The Enterprise has discovered an apparently uninhabited planet and is surprised when Kirk and Spock are invited to visit the surface of the planet by none other than Abraham Lincoln. Engineer Scott and Dr. McCoy have their reservations about the two most senior officers beaming into a very uncertain situation.
1: Where the devil are they? Well, they're probably looking up a plate of haggis in the galley. They've been everywhere else. Sorry to have been delayed, gentlemen. Jim, I would be the last to advise you on your command image. I shot that bone, but continue. Do I have to lay it out for you? Practically, the entire crew has seen you treat this imposter like the real thing when he can't possibly be the real article. Lincoln died three centuries ago on a planet hundreds of light years away. More that direction, engineer. You're the science officer. Why aren't you, well, doing whatever a science officer does at a time like this?
3: This next quote is from the first season episode, Shore Leave. Needing a little time off, the crew of the Enterprise is taking Shore Leave on a planet that, unbeknownst to them, takes their imaginations and turns them into reality. One of the Shore Leave party, Yeoman Barrows, is accosted by Don Juan and has her tunic ripped in the attack. Later, while she is imagining herself as a princess of earlier times, a fancy dress appears, and Dr. McCoy, whose romantic interest in the yeoman is piqued, encourages her to try it on.
1: Doctor. I'm afraid.
3: Now, look, I don't know how or why but the dress is
1: here. I'd like to see you in it. Why don't you put it on? right there. Don't peek. Dear girl, I am a doctor. When I peek, it's in the line of duty.
3: The second season episode, The Immunity Syndrome, contains a quote that I consider classic McCoy. In this episode, the Enterprise encounters a gigantic, single-celled creature that is destroying and consuming everything in its path. Spock has volunteered to take a shuttlecraft into the body of the organism to take readings and determine a method of stopping further destruction. As the Enterprise is attempting to escape the inside of the organism, they find the shuttlecraft intact and Spock alive. Scotty is ordered to put a tractor beam on the shuttle.
1: Captain, I recommend you abandon the attempt... Not risk the ship further on my behalf. Shut up,
3: Spock. We're rescuing you. Thank you, Captain McCoy. In Bread and Circuses, an episode from the second season, the Enterprise discovers wreckage from a lost merchant ship, the SS Beagle. Further, they discover that this planet is a 20th century version of ancient Roman society, complete with gladiatorial battles being offered as television entertainment. After beaming down to investigate what happened to the crew of the Beagle, Kirk, Spock and McCoy are discovered for what they really are. Kirk is later forced to watch a gladiatorial match that pits Spock and McCoy against two sword-wheeling and experienced gladiators. After Spock defeats his opponent, he takes out McCoy's opponent. Spock and McCoy are then taken to a prison cell to await their fates. Spock, uh, I know we've uh, had our disagreements.
1: Uh, maybe they're jokes. I don't know. As Jim says, we're not often sure ourselves sometimes, but uh, what I'm trying to say is... Doctor, I'm seeking a means of escape. Will you please be brief? What I'm trying to say is you saved my life in the arena. Yes, that's quite true. I'm trying to thank you, you pointed-eared hop
3: goblin This next quote is my all-time favorite. From the first season episode, This Side of Paradise, the Enterprise has been ordered to remove some colonists that were previously thought to be dead due to the effects of radiation poisoning. Thanks to the effects of some plant spores, the effects of the radiation are negated and the persons who encounter the spores are not only immune to the radiation, but they are also transformed into very peaceful while rather stubborn individuals. Late in the episode, after learning the effects of the spores are negated by strong and violent emotion, Spock transmits an ultrasonic signal over the crew's communicators that cause the colonists and the Enterprise crew to become combative. In this scene, the head of the colony encounters McCoy as he sits below a tree sipping a mint julep.
1: Hello, Doctor, I've been thinking about what sort of a worker I could assign you to. What do you mean? What sort of work? I'm a doctor Not anymore, of course We don't need you, not as a doctor Oh, no? Would you like to see just how fast I can put you in a hospital? I am the leader of this colony I'll assign you to whatever work I think is suitable Just a minute you Better make me a mechanic
3: Then I can treat little tin gods like you there are many other quotes that would be worthy of note, but we are allowed only five here. Well, there it is. Kapla!
2: Well, I can tell, Miles, that was a trip down memory lane for you. Oh, yeah, that was fantastic. I love that. <laughs> that was great. Great, integra- great integration of the quotes in there and some really good quotes from uh, the original series.
4: Yeah. I, 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 now, I actually, want, you know, as I was listening to each quote, I was like, Bum Because I wanted to like hear it keep going because it was just it was so good.
2: <laughs> so, oh, it was great. Thank you, Kayla, so much for sending that in. We hope you enjoy that. And uh, before we go here and wrap up the show, our 150th episode, we have one more prize to go away, and it's related to Star Trek. Right? Not the captain from the original series, but the captain from Voyager herself. We're giving away a piece of her tonight. So we are going to
4: give this prize to Deanna. Yeah. And Deanna, you're going to get a nice autographed picture of Kate Mulgrew. Right. And if you did
2: not win this and wanted it, you still have a chance. Answer the Warehouse 13 question at the beginning, even if you haven't watched it. Even if you haven't watched it, we'll have to make sure to back that up so we know who it goes to. Right. Um, But uh, we dropped a slip here. But, you know, you still have a chance to win Kate Mulgrew. Yes, so very good. Well, I believe that's about it, Miles. 150. We're going to be at 151 uh, two weeks from now, right. and we're going to just keep moving. That's right. So we hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Jonathan Young. And it, as always, if you want to contact us here at the Sci-Fi Diner, give your thoughts on any of the pieces of news that we mentioned tonight. You can do so a couple of ways: emailing us the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com. Calling us at 1-888-508-4343. You can also Twitter us or at the Sci-Fi Diner mm-hmm. or just join us at the Sci-Fi Diner Facebook page.
4: Yeah, that's probably the easiest.
2: Facebook.com backslash Sci-Fi Diner and share your thoughts there. We would love to hear from you. Always love to hear from our listeners. Right. And uh, please, please, please try for a piece of Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> right. so I believe that's about it. Miles, why don't you take it away? we got to close down the diner and get out here. Until next time, good night and good luck. We will see ya. <laughs>